Um, should we just go ahead and like just jump right in and start? Is that what like do we want to do some kind of intro? Yeah, I think we should go back to the intro until we figure out something we want to do. Let's let's go back to the intro. Uh, this is Last But Holding Hands, episode three. Let's go. Yeah. It's a little cheesy, but it's kind of fun. I feel like I kind of missed it last episode. Do you think maybe that was the intro? Sure, maybe. Lost but holding hands. Episode three. Here we go. Oh, I'm supposed to start now? Yeah, you're supposed okay. to talk now. <laughs> um, all right, so this is episode three. Um, in this episode, we're going to talk about something um, that we're still figuring out how to do. Um, so we don't claim to have all the answers. But it's something that we've been thinking a lot about um, in recent history. And that something is how do we have... Or how do we create a life that uh, that we want to live, that we want to live more of? Um, I think so many times, uh, at least in my life, I've thought about the future, and I've always thought about waiting, and I've thought about you know retirement, or I've you know when I was a kid, I thought about um, you know getting to high school. When I was in high school, I thought about getting out of high school. When I was uh, in you know, in college, I was thinking about well, what job am I going to get or who am I going to marry? And then we get married and then I get a job and then it's about retirement. And then, you know, it's about getting the promotion. It's about all these things that are um, always in the future to come and not a lot of time spent thinking about um, how do I make what is today um, awesome? And I think that that drives like a lot of things, uh, a lot of decisions and, um, And I even think it drives like how we spend our time, you know, like are we spending our time um, worrying about the future? Are we spending our time in such a way that we are burning out in the present um, and and longing to escape the today version of our reality um, so that we can, you know, for a moment, get a reprieve from the work so that we can, you know, basically rest a little bit. And, and gather ourselves again so that we can go right back to work to achieve that next goal that's somehow in the future. Um, and, and this, you know, we've had this uh, idea for this podcast on the list for like a little while, and we were kind of going in a direction. And then, um, you know, one day, I guess about almost about 10 days ago now, I was reading through my daily um, reading through Exodus as part of the Exodus 90 program I've been talking about. And um, there was this part in Exodus that came up that, that I think was talking about the Sabbath, but I'll read it really quick. It's, um, it's Exodus 31. I believe this is 12 through 17. And the Lord said to Moses, Say to the sons of Israel, You shall keep my Sabbath, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest. Holy to the the Lord, whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore the sons of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign forever between me and the sons of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And although this isn't a podcast about the Sabbath, it, the reflection that day suggested that we, we think about things a little bit differently. It suggested that we don't think about 
the the seventh day as a day to recharge um, so that we can go back into the next period of six days, but rather that we've worked hard um, for the six days and that the seventh day is a reward in and of itself. Um, and so what that got me thinking about is what are we really doing? Are we, are we working to rest or are we resting to work? Um, and it really made me think about kind of the change that's happened in the last year or 18 months for me is that so much of my, um, my thoughts now are about how can I enjoy my today, my today with my family, my today with uh, my health, my today with my relationship with God. Um, and all these things have a future state that would be awesome too, but I, but I also want to like sit back and, and kind of enjoy today. Hmm. Thoughts? <laughs> um, funny enough, I was actually listening to a podcast today and they talked about the Sabbath and um, they said that this guy, I'm sorry, I don't know who the guy was, but they had listened to some other talk and he said that the Sabbath was a reminder that our work will never be finished. And I thought that was interesting and I haven't had enough time to ponder that, but I was kind of wondering like what you thought about that idea. I think that's, I think that's where burnout comes from because I think that if we're oriented towards the future, if we're oriented towards retirement or we're oriented towards the next thing, well, there'll always be a next thing. Hmm. And if we don't take that time, you know, the thing about the Sabbath that I think is interesting is that it's, it's, there's like a, six days isn't very long. Like it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Like we're called to rest like all the time. Mm-hmm. We're not called to work for six years and mm-hmm. rest for a day. Mm-hmm. We're called to work for six days and rest for a day. Like that's kind of all the time. Right. It's not so far in the future. Right. But I think a lot of times we get oriented around, hey, I'm going to work for the next 45 years so that I can retire. That's a long time. And I think, and then what happens when you retire? Then you're working on, on what? right? You're working on something or you're trying to figure out how to fill your time or your whatever. And I think, um, I think to your point, I think where burnout comes from is, is not taking that periodic rest, not reminding ourselves, um, that, that work that we, that we're working on will never actually be done. And it's yeah. not even really our purpose. Our purpose isn't to store up things in the future. Like in the beginning of Exodus, you know, um, when the Israelites first get out kind of into their freedom, you know, God tells them not to gather more than the day's worth of food. Yeah, that's right. And there's a reason for that. I think, you know, there's, there's many reasons for that. Obviously, God did things for a reason. He doesn't do things just like random happenstance. But, but one of those reasons is because he wanted them to, um, to be reliant on him and not to build this future for themselves or not to worry so much about what was coming, but rather to live for today and, and rely on God for the next thing. Yeah, the only exception is that they were supposed to gather two days worth for the Sabbath. Yeah, so in all cases, it was like an appropriate amount of work sort of ordered within the way God God's plan for them at that moment, right? So they had like a discipline and they had a rhythm. Um, Man, is that something we need to work on in America is the appropriate amount of work? Well, what made me think about it was um, we had talked to recently about our marriage and how, at least for me, it's been sort of a um, recent realization that, like, I kind of figured that at some point in our marriage, we would hit a point where it'd just be kind of smooth sailing. Um, and it was it's sort of been like a recent realization that we will never be done. 
that like this is a lifelong thing and that we will be working at our marriage and making it better and we will be colliding until the day one of us dies, you know. And on one hand, that was sort of a frustrating realization. But then on the other hand, it was kind of freeing because, one, I think we'd kind of get bored if we just sort of hit smooth sailing, be like, what's the point? Like, why keep on going? But um, but that, I don't know, it sort of set me free to go, okay, we're going to, like, keep working at this little by little, day by day, like, forever. And so I don't really know how that relates necessarily to the rest of this, but um, but that's sort of what it made me think of. Well, I think it's along the same theme of, like, our work is never done, right? So, like, it it's, it's a change of perspective. It's frustrating. It, it, it would be frustrating if the expectation is that we're going to put in this work, and then after the work is done, we get to receive the reward. Mm-hmm. It would be frustrating to realize that the work isn't kind of getting any closer to the end. We're right. doing good work, mm-hmm. but we're not getting any closer to the end of the list. Mm-hmm. So if you're not getting closer to the end of the list and the end of the list is the goal, then that's frustrating. Sure. If you sit back and every six days, metaphorically speaking, worth of work, you kind of look back and you rest and you and you take, you allow yourself to enjoy the fruits of just that work, mm-hmm. even though there's a big long list left to do, well, then that's freedom. Mm-hmm. Because then you're working for something that you actually get to reap the benefits of. Mm-hmm. If if you don't reap the benefits until the end, then you don't ever get to. Then then it's just going to be a, a life of frustrating toil because you're not going to get to the end. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and it's, that's interesting. I just happened to be listening to this podcast today, and maybe I can link to it. So I do love this podcast. So it's called the Simple Podcast, um, and that was the episode that I was listening to today. And they. Uh, they were talking about how when you when you kind of realize that the work will never be done, it sort of makes you step back and realize that you have to learn to appreciate the present. And, and it's kind of like, if the work's never going to be done and I need to work to rest, how can I make the work better now? How can I be more present in my today so that I'm not always like looking towards the future, not always looking to, you know, get the most out of the weekend how could I make today beautiful or the work better or the work maybe not even easier, but just more pleasant? Um, and the episode I happened to be listening to, they were talking to this lady who's a farmer. And she was saying, you know, she's a farmer, so she lives out in the country. And, like, you can hear a babbling brook from her front door. And, and she says, you know, there are days where she likes to use the word uh, full rather than busy, which I, I really like. I think I'm going to start using that. But... Um, she said that that the setting helps her on days when her days are really full, just that, yeah, she's going about her work and she's having to, you know, run to the greenhouse and check seeds and do all this stuff. But in the meanwhile, she's hearing a babbling brook and she's hearing the sound of birds and she's getting to see a beautiful sky and, and all those things. And so it's, um, it, and so in that it helps with the work of the moment, it helps make it more beautiful. And so it's, it's less of like, let's just get through the grind of this week to get to the weekend. And I thought that was it kind of made me start thinking about how I wanted to change things for my here and now. So how do we do that? That's a great question. What's the question. trick? Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, great. So I, I ask leading questions because we have an outline. And what this does is it allows me to move to the next section of the <laughs> outline. What a beautiful segue. No, so I was thinking about um, like, like what do we have to do so that we can we can work to rest? And as I think about it, um, I think about 
what has what sort of change of perspective has to happen so that um, so that you can get that because what we're talking about is we're talking about you know I as I've stated in the past podcast right I'm I'm red I'm a choleric I'm a planner's planner right, right. so it's weird for me I think to to almost say that like you you shouldn't worry about the future and that's not what I'm saying at all right like we should be we should be doing the prudent things to say for retirement or whatever the the future things are that is are right for you and in your world and your state of life and what you're trying to do right we should be doing those things. We should um, we should be doing our work in in the right way, and we should be um, saving a prudent amount for the future, and we should be responsible with our future, right? And with our kids' futures, if we have kids, and with and with all these things, and with our church's future, and we should we should be thinking about these things. Mm-hmm. But we shouldn't be selling our current our present reality for the sake of the future. And I think so. How do how do we not do that? And I was thinking about the perspective shift, and I think one of the key perspective um, shifts, there's, there's two. And I think we should talk about both of these. I think the first one is um, is figuring out what you really want. So I think that's maybe the first thing. And the second thing is tackling head-on the lie of this like work-life balance, this life of trade-offs, um, and this idea that we... We will always be sacrificing something we want for something else that we want. Um, and so, so I think we should tackle those two things. But the first I think we have to get really clear on is like, like what what do you want? Are you asking me that? Well, you or like you were going to say something. So I was well, I was going to ask you. you about the work-life balance because, um, because the way you just said that, it made it sound like it's negative. And you said it's like the lie of the work-life balance. But my under so I wanted to ask you about that because my understanding of work-life balance has always been in a positive light of um, of having like you know doing the work and and like doing your work and and um, but also not overworking yourself or not you know sort of I feel like my understanding of it was sort of what you are saying where you have um, a balance between work and life that's such well, so, I know I just used the, the definition so, but so it, so to me. Um, and this might be a nuance. I might be being pedantic, but to me, what you just stated is is how deeply, um, how deep seated the lie is, okay. and how disguised it is okay. in our culture. So and here's that. why. So, uh, it, embedded in what you said is this idea that um, that I have to basically trade off some amount of success in my professional life, mm, okay. so that I can have some amount of success in my family life. Or you could say it the other way: I have to trade off some amount of success in my family life for my work life. Okay. Or you could add more dimensions: I have to sacrifice if I'm going to be successful in my professional career, whatever that is. That maybe I have to sacrifice my ability to be healthy. So maybe I don't okay. have time to work out because I'm working so hard on my business. Okay. The or yeah, working so hard on my business. The the reason why that's a lie is because what happens is is if you think about all the things that we make, think about physical things. So if I if I make a house and no one lives in that house, that house doesn't stay the way that I made it. It starts to decay. As soon as I make something, it starts to become less than what it was. It requires maintenance. So if I paint a fence, tomorrow the fence isn't as beautiful as it was today. I have to maintain that fence. I have to keep it clean. If I build a house, if I, 
if I whatever, if I if I drive a car and I leave it outside, even though I don't drive it, it's getting older and it's falling apart, right? Okay. That happens with all the things that we make. So if we think about our relationships, if if I leave for a month and we don't talk, nothing negative has happened. I left our relationship in a good place. I leave for a month. I come back. It is not in the same place that it was. Mm-hmm. Right. Same with my business. If I leave my business and my team, they will go continue to do work, but I will come back and it won't be as aligned and as good as as it is when I'm the leader, because that's what I do. I'm the leader. And same with my health. Like if I just if I stop working out today and I don't work out for a month, I'm not going to be as strong as I was. It's it's just not going to stay put. Right. If I decide that I'm going to not go to church because it's inconvenient for um, you know, six weeks or something, and I come back, My God is still there, right? But my relationship with him isn't what it was, right? Mm-hmm. So so the problem is, is when we trade off these things. Mm-hmm. So when I say, hey, I'm going to go focus on my business for a minute, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go leave the rest of the things, the problem is, is those things are actually getting worse. So while my business is moving forward, now I come back to these other things when I'm when I'm ready to, and they're all worse off. So I have to go play catch up. So then I spend some time on those things, I get them back to zero, and then I go flip to the next thing, and I flip to the next thing, and I flip to the next thing. Sure. So the lie is, is that we think that we are moving things forward by skipping from thing to thing to thing, and we are, but what's actually happening is the other things that are important to us are moving backwards, and so we, we're playing this game of getting to zero. So so what's, I didn't mean to interrupt you if you want to keep going, but so what is your solution, to, or if you have one, what is your solution to the work-life balance lie. Well, so so the, I put the two things in the other order kind of for, for that reason because I think it starts with getting clear about what you want. Because at the, ultim- at the end of the day, why do we flip from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing? Why do we do that? Because we don't have enough time. Hmm. So, well, so what does that mean, right? That means we have to do fewer things. Well, what does that mean? That means we have to do the things that actually really matter. Okay. Which means you have to get super clear on what you want. Because it's all you about don't priorities. have yeah, because you don't have any time in your world mm-hmm. to do a bunch of things that don't that aren't lined up with what you want. Even if they're like good things. Sure. You know, so so here's a prime example, right? And it's something that it's kind of an easy example, but it's something that was like kind of hit me over the head once I started to think about it was I think about dates, right? So um in, in fairly recent history, we've tried to go out on more dates. We've, we were kind of for a while like, oh, you know, dates are hard. We have kids or whatever. And, you know, it was like seemed impossible to go out on a weekly date night. And we're not super good at every week, but we try to make something happen every week. And, and we've been fairly consistent for a little while and it's been really good for us. But one of the things that was a, a barrier to the weekly date thing was that a date was like had to be like a thing. Like mm-hmm. I had to go find a concert and then we had to go to like a, a big dinner and we had to do all these things, right? Well, so there's two problems with that. Sure. One, well, many problems with that uh, original idea. One was that it was expensive and inconvenient. It was hard to find, so it was hard to plan. So, so that was hard and that, and that made it so that we weren't doing it because it was too difficult. But the bigger problem was, is what did it actually do for us? So why are we going on these dates? We're going on these dates because we want to connect and we want to have time to connect. Well, if we go spend two hours in traffic down to Atlanta and back, and then we go to a concert full of a whole bunch of people, and then we eat a bunch of food and stay up too late and maybe drink too much, and then we come home too late. Well, so what have we done? 
we got irritated in traffic, only to uh, rush through dinner, then to go sit at a place where we're not talking, even though we're enjoying the concert, Mm -hmm. then to get back in the car for an hour and a half through traffic to stay up too late to where the next day we're tired. Sure. So... It didn't get us what we wanted, was with which was connection, because we were exhausted and irritated and all the things, even though we both enjoyed the concert. So the concert was good. Mm-hmm. The dinner was good. The, the That stuff was good, but it didn't it wasn't oriented around what we wanted. It didn't sure. create connection, and it messed up the next day or maybe next couple of days because we were tired and behind and all the things. Mm-hmm. So instead, what we've tried to start to do is to engineer dates for actually what we want, which is connection. And Which we've kind of realized it doesn't really matter what we do. Yeah, and actually less is kind of more because what we really end up needing in this stage of life with kids and and the fullness of our lives um, at this point, to use that word I'm yeah. saying for me, uh, is, is we need time to talk. Yeah. And we just need time like, like blank space. Yes. And so if we do a bunch of stuff that fills up the blank space, then it doesn't really get us what we want in this stage right now. That's true. I do feel like we've kind of gotten a date night and I kind of go, oh, like sort of a breath of fresh air to not be running off to something else. And a lot of times we end up lingering at dinner and just talking and stuff because that's like what we need. And yeah, that's true. That's been really enjoyable. Yeah. And so, and it gets us what we want. And we also come home at like a normal time so that the next day isn't messed up. Mm -hmm. Because again, what we want is we want that connection, but we don't want to, we don't want to buy the connection by selling our physical health or our, you know, career or the homeschool or like our profession, what we do, that kind of thing. Right. It's like, so there's a, so in that way, maybe there's a little bit of a balancing act, but what I think it is more than a balance is it's a, I think about it more like setting up the next shot, like playing pool. Okay. So I think about as I, as I go through life and, you know, I'm going to say this, I mentioned in the first podcast that I say things very assertively and authoritatively, like I don't have this all completely figured out, but but the way that I've started thinking about things is sort of setting up my shots and r- to run the table. So if I stay up late tonight, mm-hmm. if I drink too much, you know, whatever it is, then I'm not going to wake up early in the morning, which means I'm not going to get my workout in, which means I'm going to be behind. But I'm also going to that's that also like clears my head and gets my day going. So I'm not only going to be behind in my health, I'm also going to be behind in my ability to get my work done. And I'm also not going to be as good of a husband. So it's going to be harder for me to connect with my kids, which is what I want. Right. So when I start to think about like, you know, it would be really fun to stay out an extra hour and a half. But do I want that? Is that what going to get me what I want? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It might be good. I might enjoy the friend time. But just because something's good doesn't mean it's oriented around what I want. And I think that distinction is really important to me because so much of I think even my Christian life has been centered around like focusing on good versus bad. Okay. But that's not good enough. So yeah, we're supposed to get the bad things out of our life and we're supposed to live a life to try to like remove sin from our life and all this stuff. Okay. But then what? Yeah, I don't know. Then what? The lack of sin doesn't necessarily get us what we want. Hmm. It's it, it's good. That's interesting. It's good. You we have should to fill do it that. with something. But what we do is as important as what we don't do. And there's a lot of good things in the world that we could do, and we can't do all of them. Mm-hmm. So you got to get really clear. So what I think is is cool and important, um, and part of that is just getting like super clear about like what what you want. And I and like what's interesting is is you ask people what they want, and I think sometimes they don't even know. 
Yeah, I mean, I, de- I definitely think this topic is kind of interesting because I, I think you're further down the path than I am on this um, because I know I keep mentioning, like, last year, <laughs> but this is a very, like, pivotal moment in my life, so it keeps coming up. But um, so last year, like, yeah, I, I don't even think that it had occurred to me, and that's so silly, but I think, like you said in the beginning, I, I know for me I'm sort of a – a rule follower. And so I, you know, I went to high school and I got good grades. Why? So I could go to college. Why? Because that's what everybody does after high school. And I went to college, you know, and I, I sort of kind of figured out something I was interested in, but, um, but I just kind of did the next thing. And then I, you know, did my internship because that was the next thing. And, um, and I got married cause I liked you, but like, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say you were just the next thing, but I mean, it kind of, it made sense. And then, you know, we ended up having kids and, um, and before I knew it, I felt like I had really lost sense of myself. And it was funny because for a few years, um, you or other people would ask me what I want. And I couldn't even I couldn't even make a list at the time of things that I like to do. Like that that's how lost I was. And I I, I would say that's really common for a lot of women is like I sort of lost myself in motherhood because it was the the thing that was most in front of me. And, um, and so last year I, I was, you know, reading those books I've mentioned a thousand times, um, you know, Chip Gaines' book, Capital Gains, and he kind of, in, in it, he kind of ga- gives you permission to dream and he gives you permission to like take charge of life. And it was so funny that I needed somebody to give me permission to have an awesome life or to have dreams, but but I did. I needed, I needed that permission. Like it it was kind of, I didn't even realize that I needed permission until somebody gave me permission. Um, and, and we had kind of talked about this and this is a little bit personal, but, but I think for a long time I didn't make dreams because I, I didn't, I don't know if I didn't think it was worth making dreams or just that I didn't feel like I had, could make dreams because, um, so for listeners out there that don't know, like my mom died at 35, which is really young and kind of crazy that I'm that close to 35 right now. But I kind of always assumed that the, sh- the other shoe would drop and that's the life I would have. And it's, it's funny because I was reading Little Women and in Little Women, Beth says, I never made dreams. I never had dreams like you to her sister. And that's sort of the life that I've been living up until last year was I just, I never made dreams. I didn't, I didn't think that I would be, um, I, I didn't think that I'd be able to have a life beyond that. And so, which is really sad. And, um, I was reading something a while back that basically was to say, like, don't die before you're dead. Oh, that's gonna be a loud sniffle on the microphone. Sorry. Um, and it, it was like this idea of like, continuing to live and and not dying before you're dead like you know and, and that's what I was doing I I wasn't living life to the fullest and and I don't mean living life to the fullest like you know drop everything leave my family and go travel around the world it was just like making the most of the moment making the most of what we have and I realized that that's what I was doing I was just living moment to moment like in a just putting one foot in the fr- in front of the other without any purpose or passion and And it sort of was like, well, I get when I was reading the books, it was sort of like, well, if I am going to die at 35, like 
then I'm going to make the most of the time I have left. And if I don't die at 35, well, then I'm going to start down a path of having a really awesome life for whatever I have left. And it was, and I feel kind of stupid, like that it took me so long to kind of figure this out. Um, but, but I share that and that's really personal, obviously, but I share that in case other people are like me, man, I can't stop crying. <laughs> um, in case there's anybody out there, I just, I want to be that person that says, you have permission to have an awesome life and start now, like start today. And I, and I think that I'm taking steps towards that. It's a little slow and a little bit, um, melancholic path of, of doing it really slowly and probably overthinking a lot of it. But, um, but I needed someone to tell me that I could have dreams and that not only that, um, after I read that book, I read another book that I love and I recommend to everyone. It's called One Beautiful Dream. And, um, and it's by Jennifer Fulweiler and it, and it was like Chip Gaines's book gave me permission to have dreams and Jennifer's book gave me permission to have them now and to pursue them now. Um, and it's a really beautiful book on, on how she had this passion for writing, but she felt like, you know, that lie of, oh, well, I'll just, um, I need to raise my kids now and I, and I need to, you know, focus a hundred percent on them right now so that. Um, and when they're out of the house, you know, I can do this writing thing that I'm really passionate about and, and how that's such a lie. And I was definitely in that position. I was definitely in a position of, oh, you know, I love all these doing, you know, art and all these creative things. And, um, but I'll, I'll pursue it. My kids are away. And and what she realized was, um, funny enough, it came from advice from a priest, which I kind of love, um, was that blending the two made both more beautiful. And so, like raising her family and, and learning to write within the, I say constraints, but it's, you know, it wasn't a bad thing within the constraints of her family. It spurred her writing on and it it made her more creative. And then the writing that she did made her come back and be a better wife and a mother. And, and it like, and it made both more passionate and more beautiful and better because she was able to mesh the two. And so, yes, yes, that is exactly when I was talking about like the lie, I talked about it in the negative sense, the negative sense is in when you leave those things, those other things and you're not focusing on them, they get worse. Right. But what you just said is what is an example of what happens when it goes right. So if I think about like my life and my professional life, it's like I can't go to work and do my work and be successful if as successful as I need to be. I can't show up in a meeting and be confident um, and those kinds of things if my home life isn't what it needs to be. If I'm not feeling healthy, if I'm not connected with God, you know, like I can't do the things that I need to do professionally. I can't come and do the things that I need to in my family if I'm not taking care of my professional life. If that's falling apart, then I'm working too much and I'm whatever. And so I can't, so it all, like you said, it feeds into each other and, and it either spins the cycle in a virtuous way and, and they're all reinforcing each other. And all of those aspects of my life are lifting, lifting me up and it's fun. Or I'm sort of like putting out fire over here, just, just enough to put out the fire over there to go to the fire there. And, and that's not fun. So not only am I not successful, but I have to sort of look to the future for it to be fun because I think, you know what, when I just squash all these fires, then I can have fun versus, hey, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do, 
I'm going to have, I'm going to try to get all these things lined up and I'm going to move all these things a little bit forward today and I'm going to let them reinforce each other. And that gives me confidence and, and strength to deal with whatever negative things happen in the day, whatever setbacks or whatever. Um, and I get to enjoy my day because when something's going on at work, I have a family I can lean on. When something's going on with my family, I have a relationship with God I can lean on just, just temporarily in a moment, you know, not yeah. in like a retreat kind of way for a week. But in a moment, you know, I can say, hey, you know, God, I need some strength for this. Or, hey, Amy, I need some some extra support for this mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Right. Or, or I'm just healthy enough. Right. To where I have a, a little bit more energy in my day to go tackle the one more thing I have to do mm-hmm. to make it all sort of click. Right. So it's like so, yeah, it's an exact exact example of what happens when you don't decide that you're going to put your family on hold so you can write. Or you're going to mm-hmm. put your writing on hold so you can, you know, do your family thing. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to figure out how to move those both forward because my writing inspires me to be a better mom. And being a mom gives me the strength that I need to be a better writer. And those things, I need them both. Sure. Well, so funny, at the time that I was reading these books, you had started doing Exodus 90 last year. And... It was really kind of cool how this worked out now, like hindsight's twenty twenty. But um, so, you know, we're talking about like what we want. And, and again, like I'm definitely on the beginning steps of this journey of, of figuring this out. Um, and so I, when you started doing Exodus 90, one of the things was um, you weren't watching TV. And I wasn't um, fully participating with you 100% with Exodus 90, but, but I was supporting you in that we didn't watch TV together at night anymore and so all of a sudden there was a lot of space and and I guess I was also trying to be more intentional about what I watched so all of a sudden there was this giant void of space um where that had been filled by tv and and you know wasting time and stuff like that um and so because of that it made space for me to sort of start going down this path of of trying to to figure things out like um, and so I, I, at the time I started doing a watercolor challenge, um, but I had also tried, I had started like writing, just trying to write down random things that I was interested. So for, in case there are people out there like me, like, where do I even begin? Um, I started trying to make a list of things that I was interested in, you know, like I really like knitting and I like books and I like blogging and I like, you know, TV and I like art and different things like that. And so I would just start trying these different things. Um, and what I, you know, blogging used to be something that I really loved doing when we only, you know, just had math in. Um, but I started trying to do it again and I, and I ended up just feeling really frustrated and I came back, um, you know, like after nap time, feeling really drained and frustrated and annoyed. And I was like, okay, so maybe blogging isn't the thing for this season. And I remember the first time last year that I drew or painted something I don't remember which it was but I did art and and I was like the happiest I had felt in a really long time and I mean I came out after nap time just feeling energized and just feeling ready to cook dinner and ready to be with the kids again and I was like cool maybe there's something to this and um and so I guess my point in mentioning that is if in case there's people that were in my position or are in my, where I was, 
um, just like start with making a list and and try different things and try not to be too hard on yourself when you find something that kind of makes you crash and burn. Okay, check that one off the list. You know, that's not for this season. But um, and so, but by doing that and by figuring out, okay, this art, there's something to this art thing. I really love it. It gives me energy. The other thing sort of started falling away. And maybe this isn't the best way to tackle this problem, but it was like all of a sudden when I started pursuing art and started pursuing this thing that I really loved, the unnecessary things started to fall away. Like I started to watch a lot less TV um, and um, I started being more organized with um, my, my time. Like I am not a disciplined person and I'm not very organized. Um, but all of a sudden I, my, my days became more disciplined because I was orienting it all around what I wanted, which was, I was trying to complete this watercolor challenge, which was like complete a certain, you know, painting each day. Um, and, and so for me, I think when it comes to things like diets or, um, something where you're trying to eliminate something to figure out what you want, um, it's easier for me to pursue the good because I find rather than eliminate the bad. So like when people tell me, you know, or like for Lent, as soon as I try to like give up candy or something like that, I really, really want candy. But for Lent, if I'm like, I'm going to, um, you know, have 15 minutes of prayer. Um, well then when I pursue that good, pursue the 15 minutes of prayer, the other things sort of fall away. And that's sort of what happened for me was the things that were unnecessary began to fall away when I started orienting my day around this thing that I wanted to get done. Um, and I think that that can be applied in a bigger sense. Like if you start pursuing, you know, your health in your marriage relationship, health in your work and health in your, you know, health in your relationship with God, like start pursuing what you want and the other things will start to fall away. I think it becomes clearer as to what you don't want. Yeah. And, and I think that's, and, you know, you said that you weren't sure if this is the right way to tackle it. I think it's the only way to tackle it. Oh, okay. There was a, um, I was reading this book, uh, I think I mentioned it before, Christian Self-Mastery. Um, and in that book, they give this example of, like, you know, like if your life is a yard, like like a lawn. Okay. And it's full of weeds, uh-huh. as they all are right now in springtime. Okay. There's two ways of getting rid of weeds. Uh, okay. One way is to spray your yard with a bunch of weed killer. Sure. And that will kill the weeds. And you will have a yard that has green patches and brown patches. I don't know that that's a whole lot better than the weeds, to be honest. Okay. Or you put a lot of fertilizer down and you aerate the yard and you put um, compost down and you get the grass like super healthy mm-hmm. and super thick and the weeds can't grow. Oh, that's And then you also don't have weeds, but you also have a nice plush yard that doesn't have brown spots all over it. It's a life you want to actually live. Right. So like nobody wants to live a life with these voids. I was talking to the my Exodus 90 guys in our group and I was talking about how like, you know, there's there's the prayer part. There's the asceticism part or like giving things up um, and there's the fraternity part. And I think what's interesting about the mix of that stuff, mm-hmm. um, when you think about what it is, is it's like the asceticism makes space. And so that space begs to be filled the giving up of the food and the TV yeah. and things like that. Yeah, the okay. TV and the food and the showers and all the stuff. All it's doing, because all those things are good and none of those things are a problem. And it's not about like how cold of a shower can I take because I'm a man or anything like that. It's it's about, it, it takes, it makes space. It makes mental space 
with like, you know, things like, um, like giving up social media and things like that. It makes physical space because you're not watching TV or sports or these things. Um, and, and you're doing these things, right. And it makes space. And then, but what's important is the prayer part because the prayer and, and the meditation, uh, with God and asking, working through Exodus and these things, what we're doing is we're asking for God to show us what we really want hmm. because we're asking God to show us what he wants for us. And that is, is what we want in the Christian life, right? Like, so, so we're asking him to reveal to us how to fill the space, hmm. but then we also need relationship, right? And we need support to go do those things that can be kind of scary that maybe we don't even know how to do that we need, we need that support. And so that's what the fraternity is. But, but I think if you think about that, like in our lives, right, it's like we need times of, of making space. We need to be very clear and have a, have an idea of how we're going to decide to fill that space. That's the prayer part, right? It's like, how do, how do we figure out what we really want and how are we going to fill that space? Um, Cause I think we all have more space in our lives than we think. Um, if we choose to use it differently, like you said, you know, you, you thought you didn't have time to do art, but you know, if we quit watching an hour of TV every night, you got plenty of time to do art. Right. right? But it's about, but you didn't even know that was a problem. And so what I think is cool about Exodus 90 or, or a retreat or something like that is it sort of shocks your system and it helps you get out of what's normal. So you can start to see is all this stuff, should it all really be normal? Mm-hmm. You know, like these things have crept into my life and I feel like it's part of what I do and, and I don't even notice it anymore. But but and so I feel like I don't have control over it. I can't ask the question, do I need to do that? But in reality, I can, you know, and then I need to pray and I need to think about and get clear about what I want. And then I need to have a support system around me to hold me accountable to that, but also to just help me figure it out. You know, how do I go get that thing? How mm-hmm. do I get started? Um, one more thing. I think we're probably you know, kind of pretty close here to the end. But but one more thing you said that I thought was just super really important is you said the first time you went to kind of like do the art thing after a, a bit of a dry spell, it just didn't work. And I think that it's really like awesome that you gave yourself permission to just be like, nope, that's not it. Because if you had wrapped up your identity in that, I I want to be and nobody can see my air quotes, an artist or something. And that being an artist looks like a, or I want to be a writer. And that being a writer looks like having a blog. If you locked yourself into that, you would be going through the motions of a thing that on paper would, would be good. That isn't bad. Doing, doing a blog is good. Everyone else would enjoy it, but it wasn't getting you what you wanted. And so you realize that what I want is not a blog. What I want is creative expression that gives me energy. Mm-hmm. I thought that a blog would do that. Mm-hmm. Perfectly good hypothesis. And it had. Because it had. Yeah. And it might next year. Sure. Who knows? But what you knew for certain was that in, in that stage of all the things, kids, life, all the things, where you are for mm-hmm. all the things, in that stage it wasn't doing that. And you were like, nope, I'm going to do something else. Yeah. and I, Well, and I think that's a really important part too is, is permission to change what you want. Because for me... I, I, for some reason, I have a really hard idea, hard time grasping the idea that it's okay to change, like, focus. Because for me, I'm idealistic. Like, I have to figure out the perfect thing right away. And once I choose that thing, it's like, that's it forever. And I'm not really sure why I'm like that. But, um, and so the idea of seasons has been really powerful in my life because, um, 
because at one point blogging was really important and it was a really fun creative outlet and, and it, and it did work for me, but, um, but that was a different season. You know, that was a season of having one kid and, um, and, and it didn't work in my current season. And I, so, so I think for people like me, like needing, like you have permission to change gears, you have permission to change what you want and in different seasons of life, different things are going to be more meaningful to you. I might add, so you said you have permission to change what you want. Absolutely. But I think in, in both those examples, you also have permission to change everything to get what you want. What you wanted was not a blog. Mm-hmm. What you wanted was a creative expression. Mm-hmm. And the blog seemed like a perfectly reasonable thing. Turned out not to be. Mm-hmm. Totally cool, right? Mm-hmm. Turned out that the, the watercolor thing was. And you were into that for a little while. And then, you know, if, if watercolor thing, if watercolors isn't your thing for another minute, it's it's about being ruthlessly focused on what you want mm-hmm. and not not putting up for one minute with something that isn't getting you what you want. Well, I think that story is really classic. I, and I know that I'm drawn to those stories like on Netflix and stuff. Um, like I was watching The Kindness Diaries, the little tiny bit of TV that I've watched this year. Um, I was watching The Kindness Diaries and he went from being I, I think a broker, some sort of businessman, you know, the, the typical like businessman working too much um, and just was really unsatisfied with his life. And he ended up, um, you know, traveling across the country. But what ultimately ended up was he ended up in a job that he loved, that he was passionate about, that was video production and, and things that had to do with that. And that's such a typical story of like, he finally figured out, he changed his norm. He dropped what he was doing. He changed his norm. He pursued something until it finally clicked of, okay, this is what I really want. And he was able to drop and leave everything else and change everything to orient himself towards what he truly wanted. And, and that's beautiful. And so I'm trying to, I, I feel like I'm kind of on the beginning stages of that journey of, of trying to figure out um, what it is I want. And I, I think I'm, I'm slowly kind of ruling out things that I don't want. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. And I think what's, yeah, I just think it's another illustration of like that guy didn't want money or status or any of those things. And I don't think any of us honestly, truly do. Sure. He wanted mission and purpose and meaning. And for some people, mission and purpose and meaning means changing career paths and giving up things in their business. Mm -hmm. For some people, it might mean starting a business and they end up on the other end more by the world standard, successful, more money and more status and things like that on, on the other end. I mean, you know, I think about people you know, like Truett Cathy and all the people that he's employed and all the people, you know, the late yeah. Truett Cathy and all, all in the business that he's grown. And, you know, I think about like the culture that's there and how you like walk into Chick-fil-A and like everybody knows this Chick-fil-A culture and like, and, and he was pretty dang successful as a businessman too. Yeah. Right. And, and so you think about like, you know, he went that direction, but he mm-hmm. was passionate about it mm-hmm. and it brought him joy and it brought him life. And he happened to be very successful in terms of like money and status and those things. Mm-hmm. This other guy had all the money and status and those things, mm-hmm. but he had no purpose and mission and things like that. It wasn't what he wanted. So he found a different way to get what he wanted that happened to be taking a sidestep from that thing. Right. So it's, it's in all cases about being clear about what you want and what you want isn't, you know, a certain amount of money in your retirement account. It's not, you know, it's not these things, right? What you want has to be reframed re, uh, into the right context, which is, you know, what we want. We want connection with our families. We want connection, 
you know, with our spouses. We want connection with God. We want purpose and meaning in our business. And, and we need our business to be a certain amount productive, too, to, to bring the noise down in, in what we need. But, but that looks different for everyone. And right. it looks different in every season. You know, what, what enough money and enough flexibility is for every person is different. But there is some, some system of, of even your business, right, that's the right package of things, the right package of flexibility for your home life, you know, money that you need to do the things that you want to do, all, all these things. There's some, some package of that that everybody has to find that helps them get what they want. But you got to be super clear about what, what you want, right? So, um, yeah. How are we on time? We're at 49 minutes on here, but we'll probably edit some out. So maybe we should save some of this for the next time. Yeah, so I'm actually thinking, looking at the outline, that we have like two or three more podcasts in here. (laughs) Right. So to wrap up, I think, one, you have permission to have an awesome life. Two, start today. And, And that you need to set up the parts of your life so they're oriented around what you want. And that looks different for everybody, and that's okay. Would you say that's a decent sum up? Sure. Okay. Yeah, that works. Does that work? <laughs> yeah, so maybe we'll uh, record. So we, so just so everyone at home knows, we make like this little table thing because you know everything in life can be solved with a spreadsheet. So I managed <laughs> to figure out how to uh, how to solve a podcast outline with what is a spreadsheet in disguise. Um, and so we covered, uh, I don't know, maybe like two lines of about 10 or 12. So I guess, uh, more podcasts to come. One of the things we're learning, um, and we'd love some feedback from people who listen to this thing. You know, we're, we're learning as we go on this podcast. This is the, you know, the third episode we're pros now, right? We've got a new fancy microphone and learned how to do EQ and stuff. So it's, it's a real thing now. No, but we're, we're learning. And one of the things that I think we're learning is that, um, is to take smaller bites on these topics. And so we're going to try to take Take smaller bites. Um, I think partially to make the podcast a little bit shorter, but also just I think to tell a few more stories and go a little bit deeper. So we got some feedback on on that. We appreciate um, you know. So we're going to try to take smaller bites, but would love to hear from from y'all out there, uh, Georgia, from y'all. So you know, lost but holding hands podcast at gmail.com, right? Yeah, lost but like holding it. hands podcast at gmail Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, you can email us there or leave a comment on the podcast or, you know, most of you all are our friends and have our numbers can text us and things like that, too. But love to hear from you guys. Appreciate all of this. And thanks to everyone who has given us feedback thus far, either in person or um, texting or e- email, whatever. So really appreciate everybody and their feedback. That's a wrap. That's a wrap.